0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Thursday 30-minute preview on the Reaching the Summit podcast. My name is Todd Buckingham, um, and I'm joined this week by Brandon Geffrey, who's our writer with North Dakota State and our North Dakota State fan, and Garrett Bruce, our North Dakota writer and North Dakota fan. And if you guys maybe remember from last week, uh, Garrett was with us last week previewing the the North Dakota game from last week, and uh, this is the first time we've been lucky enough to have Brandon on. This is our opportunity to get a couple of our experts in to talk about their team, give a little recap of the season thus far, and then go into the matchup from this weekend. And not surprisingly, we picked North Dakota and North Dakota State because of the rivalry, um, which is why we have Garrett back in back-to-back weeks. So. Brandon, if you could start out with just a quick uh, recap of how North Dakota State's season has went so far, some things that have went really well, some things that still maybe need improvement, and then we'll pass it over to Garrett after that.
1: Yeah, um, NDSU seems to be finally kind of finding their groove here now that we've hit some league play. Uh, starting 4-0 and is obviously the way uh, Coach Richmond would most likely uh, have pictured that going. Um, but the season started uh, a lot rougher than that, obviously at 0-5. Um, I've been watching NDSU basketball for, oh fifteen, sixteen 15, 16 years now, and this is was definitely the toughest out-of-conference schedule um, You know that they've had. Uh, TCU, Kansas, Creighton, Nebraska, Nevada, um, with a ton of new pieces. Uh, everybody knows Vinny Shahid and Tyson Ward, uh, gone, but a, a lot of people kind of Forget that you know Jared Samuelson was a player that played thirty plus minutes, um, you know at the guarding shooting guard position, uh, and he usually you know defended the other team's best guard. Um, and then you know a player that was supposed to come in and take over some point guard role, and Cam Hunter transferred out uh, for his senior season as well. So he lost uh, NDSU's sixth man from last year. So. In addition to the two top scoring options, well, you know, they also were trying to replace uh, about 50 minutes a game um, from those two players as well. So took a while. Uh, a couple of the early games were pretty ugly. Um, really struggled to find a groove on offense. Didn't shoot the ball well. Uh, and then they hit the Dakota Showcase. Um, played SDSU tough, uh, minus, you know, the they were minus Douglas Wilson, so That made an impact in that game, but defended well, started to shoot a little bit better. Um, You know, they shot the ball pretty well at Kansas the week before uh, and almost pulling off that upset. Uh, And then got, you know, got their first W of the season against USD the following night and then played a game against UND, uh, which was one of the ugliest basketball games I've watched in a long time. Uh, Hopefully we were in for a little bit better store this week. Uh, both teams struggled to score the ball. Uh, NDSU had a couple of stretches of multiple minutes without scoring. Uh, then UND had their five plus minute stretch, um, at the end of the game that allowed NDSU to come back and, and get that win. Um, and since then, uh, they went to TCU scored 80 plus points, um, played a really good game. Uh, TCU just had a couple of guys that weren't missing shots and uh, NDSU just wasn't uh, defending quite well enough um, down the stretch to pull that one off. Uh, but Coach Richmond had said going into that TCU game that they seemed to find their offensive identity that week. Uh, and it started to show. Uh, teams averaging over 70 points now in Summit League play here. Um, a lot of the guys have stepped into their roles. Breesel is playing significantly better at the point guard position than he was you know, to start the season as to be expected for a guy that hasn't played point guard before. Um, so he's getting his assist numbers are higher than I think any guard at NDSU has been in a while uh, <laughs> over the last six games or so. Uh, Rocky Cruiser really, he's been kind of the guy all season, but uh, I think he's really embraced that role a little bit more here as uh, the season wears on that he knows he's a tough matchup. And so he's looking for his opportunity to score. Um, and then the the rest of the guys, it just depends on, you know, any, any person, any night. Um, Tyree Eady a pretty consistent presence. Uh, Malik Harden-Hayes has played really well. Uh, but then you have players like Grant Nelson really settling in, who's looked great. Uh, Bowden Scunberg has um, started to play a little bit better, a little more confidence. Um, and so they really have five, six guys that are a threat to put double digits, if not 15 to 20 points up any night. Uh, and the defense, Coach Richmond's defense is always kind of there so um, they've stayed locked in and and they're looking pretty good
0: perfect so on the other side uh, Garrett what I know I know you gave a little bit of a preview last week but what did we see last weekend from North Dakota and then maybe even go a little bit into there's been some big news what do you see the team look like without Deshaun Allen Aikens, who granted has only played really one full game all season but now is not on the team
2: Right, and so when we previewed the matchup last week, when I was with uh, Tim, uh, I mentioned before that you know the matchup I was really looking forward to was uh, Tyree Ianacho and Max Ab- Absenus going at it in the point guard position. Well, we found out about thirty minutes before tip off that he had an upper body injury, wasn't going to go, ended up didn't going the entire weekend, so. There was a little I was a little concerned uh going forward about like how they were gonna play against Solar Roberts, but that first night was actually they, they did a really good job. Uh Verbracha had a really big second half. I think he scored sixteen out of his twenty four points that he had in the second half. It was this was kind of the first time in a while that North Dakota got some secondary scoring from um Ethan in Bonaglio, who stepped in the starting lineup, I thought he did a real good job both nights in providing some offense and hitting some key outside shots. Uh, Sabian Sims was big on the first night, not only like hitting a couple big threes, but also that big steal at the end that sealed the win for UND. Uh, Mitchell Suiker had 11 points as well, so they had like four guys that scored in double figures. So it was a it was a really big win that Friday night that they are able to get at Oral Roberts. I mean, it's one thing to go down on the road and win, but it's another thing to kind of go down to the road against a team that was top three in the power rankings for most of the year and without your starting point guard and going down there and winning. Next night, um, Oral Roberts came back with a vengeance and... Uh, they hit 10 out of 15 threes in the first half. I mean, it just looked like every, everything they shot was going down. Um, they had a little more um, bench help with uh, the Weaver kid uh, having 15 points in the first half. And it kind of seemed like UND was just a little slow in guarding the three-point line the first night. They did a like an excellent job for the vast majority of the game. But it seemed like in that second game, in the first half, they just like seemed everything was just a little slow, a little laz- lazadaisical. They just weren't, that energy wasn't there. It, it came back a little more in the second half. And I think what kind of impressed me a little bit more was, you know, they didn't have, you know, I've mentioned before, like they had a seesaw type game. And this was kind of like the first weekend where I kind of felt there was a little more good than bad that happened. Although, you know, it'd definitely be nice to get the sweep. But relating to the news of this week of uh, Deshaun Allen Eikens leaving the team, and kind of thinking what that leads UND going forward, there's a it's a little bit of both. Um, first, he hasn't been playing about eighty-five, ninety percent of the season, so there isn't going to be that much of an adjustment, I think, for this team because. Uh, Sabian Sims has stepped into his um, Deshaun's starting spot in the lineup and he's he's done all right. He's done pretty good. I mean, he's not going to be the guy that uh, scores like DAE, but there's other things that he can definitely do on the defensive end that I think he can show a little bit more. And I think he's continuing to develop nicely. And so we we can kind of continue to look forward to doing that. And then also that. Hey, we know he's not coming back. So we like this is this is the guys, this is the team that we're going to be running going forward. But I think the issue will be we got to get that secondary scoring to step up outside of Rabracha.
0: Right.
2: Um, I mean, Dae set the freshman record in scoring at UND. Uh, you, there's that's no um, nothing to scoff at. That's pretty good and you know he was a guy last year that you could go in any game and say okay he's going to give us 13 15 points a night and we knew we know that going in it might give you a little more on the given night but we so far UND hasn't just had that guy that outsider bracha, i can kind of confidently say this person's going to give us 12 points a night this person's going to give us 15 points a night right. so and i think until they get that I think we're we're gonna continue to kind of see that. Hey, they're gonna do really good, and then the next night's gonna be not so
0: great. Yeah, it and 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 it's it's funny, Garrett. The second week in a row with uh, North Dakota on the docket, I find myself driving around town repeatedly going, "Egbonigo, Ianacho," in my car while I'm driving as I as I get, try to get ready for pronunciation later in the day. Um, so the. Brandon, you had brought up the game at the Dakota Showcase, and it ended 53-52. Um, North Dakota had a, a decent – I know it was at least double-digit lead. I can't remember exactly where it was at. And then had that cold streak at the end of the game, and it and it kind of uh, died from there. Where, what What do you think the keys for success for North Dakota State are – is it just that they've been playing so much better or is there something specific they learned from that game or a, a specific player to go to? What do you think their keys for success um, this weekend are?
1: Uh, just more of the same with what they've been doing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, they, you know, they started the season uh, on offense really grinding, um, you know, playing out the shot clock. They'd be 15 seconds in before they're looking to score kind mm-hmm. of a classic Dave Richmond style. Uh, Get down to less than 10 seconds in the shot clock and, you know, hopefully something opens up. Otherwise, you know, we're throwing up a shot. Uh, That offensive strategy works when you have, um, you know, a Vinny Shahid and a Tyson Ward to go to at the end of a shot clock. Uh, At the start of this season, NDSU doesn't have that player. Uh, And so that style of offense wasn't working. Um, They're ending up with a lot of tough, contested jump shots, um, you know, long threes at the end. Uh, and it just wasn't very efficient and so since you, you know Kansas was a little bit more of the same um, that showcase was you know still more of the same and then that TCU game they started to open it up a little bit uh, they they're really working their matchups um, I think you know Dave had mentioned on the, um, the NGC basketball show earlier this week that you know their length they're starting to realize is is a pretty big advantage that they need to take advantage of it. So mm-hmm. getting the ball in the post to Greasel or Edie or Harden Hayes or whoever has that matchup, you know, you got three guards, um, uh, guard, guard forwards essentially that are all six, six or six, seven. Um, other teams in the summit league don't have that. So somebody's going to have a player that's six two, six, three on them. Uh, and they're working the offensive motion and they're getting the ball inside. Um, Like I said a little earlier, Rocky's looking for a shot more. There's not a lot of guys that can guard him off the dribble uh, in the bigs. And if there's the guys that can defend him off the dribble, it's really tough for him to defend him in the post. And so he's really working the ball inside out depending on the matchup. Um, Grant Nelson, they've gone to uh, a little bit more. He's a really difficult matchup. There's not too many 6'10 guys that handle the ball. Uh, like he does um, in the league. And so when both of those guys are on the floor, uh, they're really difficult uh, to defend. And so I I think the key really is just to keep working those matchups. They push the ball a little bit more in transition uh, since you're starting with that TCU game, and that's been good to see. Um, So I really think, you know, with UND, you know, without Alan Eikens, now you're looking at, you know, Ibonigo and Iannaccio and Nero or, you know, six two, six three, are going to be playing a lot of guard minutes. And you're looking at, um, you know, Greasel and Harden Hayes at 6-6 and 6-7 playing a lot of those positions. And so there's going to be mismatches. Uh, and I really think that they just need to take advantage of those um, and they'll continue to, to be able to score the basketball. And I, I think their length defensively, um, you know, length allows you to, to recover for some mistakes so you can get a guy around you and then you can recover, um, and block shots and that sort of thing. And so uh, using that length is going to be the biggest key this weekend, uh, to making sure they, they come, uh, come out on top.
0: Well, and Brandon, you mentioned the adjustments and I thought one of the really neat things last weekend is, uh, when, when Tut went out for 31 points, wasn't it in the first game? Yes, And you didn't see as much of Grant Nelson. And then in the second game, Nelson played quite a bit. Four blocks, I think, to go along with a, a decent game rebounding and scoring as well. And uh, more importantly, completely neutralized uh, Yang Tut, which can happen to him. Sometimes he can have those giant games and then score four the next. But just th- those small adjustments certainly are something that Coach Richmond, just as the year has went on, has has continued to to find an an advantage here and there.
1: Yeah. And the the big part with, uh, with that game and with Tut in the first game there, I think eight of his first 10 points were scored on Jarius cook at the post. Right. And so there was a switch and that, that was just a switch that couldn't happen anymore. Um, And so they didn't catch it early enough in the first game. They started to in the second half, uh, got a little bit better matchups, um, but they came out, you know, on Sunday, on Saturday, uh, and that switch wasn't happening. Uh, Edie was with him most of the way, um, and Grant Nelson. Then, when he came in, um, and so it, they kept the big on him. They didn't allow that switch uh, to a guard to happen, um, which was really where where Tot was doing his damage. Is you know, NDSU switches everything. They've ran their defense that way for a long time, um, and but when that happens, then those mismatch, mismatches happen. Uh, and Omaha did a really good job of taking advantage of that uh, until until Coach Richmond adjusted for it.
0: And so Garrett, on the other side of the coin, we the, a rare time where we actually in with two teams playing for the first time in Summit League play have played each other this season. So North Dakota built the big lead and then kind of it fell off at the end. What do they need to do to to succeed this weekend?
2: Well, they they do need to avoid what happened to them last time they and they just they need to avoid these long scoring droughts and this is uh, things that kind of happened a couple times where they've gotten them in trouble against NDSU whether it was even the summit league final last year I think the first matchup these two teams had last year I think there was a there was a long scoring drought um by and by UND that really kind of would cost them a chance to really kind of make that close in Fargo. So, based on that, I mean they got to avoid those droughts. They got to be able to work the um, ball efficiently. I mean, the good thing is they have Rabracha who's he's had really big games against NDSU. Like the game in Sioux Falls, he had about I think he had about a twenty point, at least a twenty point game. I don't remember off the top of my head, but if, well, three out of the last four games they played NDSU, he's scored at least 20 points. I mean, I'm sure NDSU knows that they're going to throw, um, they're going to try to get the ball to Rabracha, and they're going to try to run the offense through him. So that I think they just need to kind of bring a more efficient way. I think they got to bring the offense that they brought against Oral Roberts the first time in the first game where, you know, they were moving a little bit more like off the ball and on the ball with a little bit more of a motion. Um, yes, the length is going to be uh, an issue for UND. And I think UND's bigs outside of a need to kind of answer the bell and step up to the challenge. So looking at Mitchell Sucker kind of stepping up, not only you know driving the ball and getting to the line, but I'd like to see him shoot the ball a little more from outside. He has that ability when he was at um, South Dakota School of Mines. He definitely shot threes. At a high rate about high 30%, you know, that'll that'll work. So far he, he just hasn't shown that part of his game since coming to UND. Um, looking at Gertanis, he's been kinda he's been really, really good. Or he's been really really not so good. So kind of getting that good version of G who like in ten minutes can give you eight points. Right. And grab you a couple rebounds. And I also want to look at Sabian Sims and kind of build on that uh, little performance that he had in the first game as well. So I think the bigs need to kind of answer the challenge this weekend. And hopefully the game that Caleb Nero had in the second matchup against Oral Roberts can get him going. I think he's the one guy that I think from the guard position that can really potentially be that Great secondary score that UND desperately needs.
0: So, which matchup is, are you guys most looking forward to seeing this weekend?
1: I think the easy answer uh, is Cruiser versus Rabaracha. Um But me personally, um, I'm looking forward to to the guards. I, I think I think Grizzle and Harden Hayes and Edie, um, you know, taking on the smaller guards of UND is really the matchup. That's, that's going to kind of determine this winner loss. I think Cruiser and Rebracha are going to, they're both going to score 15 to 25 points, um, grab their, you know, seven to 10 rebounds apiece, Uh, and that that's going to happen. Uh, and so it, I think it's really going to come down, um, like Garrett said, it, it, the other players that, that that need to step up that secondary scoring. Uh, NDSU gets it pretty consistently from Greasel. Uh, he's averaging, I think, fourteen points a game. And then, but then the third and fourth option has varied. I mean, you know, we've had um, a couple of players go off, you know, twenty points here and there, um, but it's not the same same guy every single week, and so. Uh, whether it's jarius cook you know had 24 i believe at tcu Uh, and then Edie grant nelson's been in double figures for the last five games so there's a lot of secondary scoring Uh, it'll be interesting to see where it comes from but i think the guard play uh, is is really going to determine who comes out on top this weekend
0: good point garrett how about you
2: well, I think I think Brandon makes a good point uh, about the guard matchups, um, especially if uh, Ianacho goes. I like to uh, see another matchup between he and uh, Greasel. I think that would be an, um, uh, another interesting matchup. But I really do want to see that that big matchup between Rebracha and Rocky down low. I mean, they're I I kind of would see something similar to what Re, Rebracha and Banner did in that first game where they're they're just going blow for blow down nice. low. He's like try to match me. They can both step outside and hit threes, and they're both they're both capable of putting up really like having big games where they're you know having a twenty ten game where they're gra- scoring twenty points and grabbing ten rebounds each. So usually I I lean towards the guards, but this weekend I'm I'm really interested in the battle between two of the better big men in the summit league conference
0: well and I have sort of an odd answer I'm excited for whoever Sabian Sims guards and that person and, <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to tell you which one it, which person is going to be but the reason I'm excited about it is I, I think that tells you which which player coach Sather is most worried about on the perimeter um, Sims has done a good job on the defensive end maybe scoring wise he's he hasn't been that consistent but given his size at 6'7", and the size of the, really the whole backcourt for NDSU except for Cook, um, I, I don't know who he'll guard. It could be Edie, it could be Grizzle, it could be Harden Hayes, and I'm just really curious who they're going to put him on. Um, and, and I do want to – and maybe, Brandon, if you want to, you can comment on this, but I always – one of my favorite things is watching a player who – was more of a role player just blossom into a star the next year? And that's one of my favorite parts about college basketball because you just don't see that at the pro level as often. But Rocky Cruiser, who was a great role player in years past, just blossoming into a into a star this year. Brandon, was that something you saw coming or um, was that a surprise to many NDSU fans as well?
1: Um, no, I think that was definitely... That was the goal, I think, for this team to be successful. I think that was going to have to be the case. Uh, right. And he showed it last year. I mean, he had games, you know, where he scored 20 points. But he didn't have to score. You know, he'd step right. out. His goal, his his role in the offense was to run the pick and roll with Shahid. You know, step out and and hit that three if the, the double team went to Shahid. Um, you know, a lot of the post play went through Tyson Ward. And so, he, he, was, he was the third scorer. And that was you know, just kind of his role. Um, and so for the, this team to, to be successful, I think everybody knew that, you know, it was going to be Cruiser, you know, as a senior this year, uh, that was going to take over and take that lead. And I think he was a, a little hesitant at the beginning of the season. Um, he didn't take some of the threes that he's been taking lately. Uh, he didn't work to get the ball in the post uh, and really d- attack uh, like he has lately. Um, and so I think it just took him a little time to settle into, Hey, I'm, I'm the guy I need to, you know, attack and get my shots. Um, I think the one who's probably surprised me the most, uh, and it shouldn't because I really, really liked him last year, uh, and the minutes, uh, that he got, he just didn't get very many Is Malik Harden Hayes. Yeah. Um, you know, he's quietly, you know, averaging 11 points a game, um, and he he just consistent. He's probably the most consistent jump shooter uh, on the team right now. Um, him and Tyree Edie from beyond the arc. And so I think to answer your question, I think Sims is going to be on one of those two guys. I think it'll be Harden Hayes or Edie, um, just because they are the better outside shooters and they have a little more size. So um, that'll probably be your matchup to watch. But um, no, I'm not surprised by Cruiser. Uh, that that was going to have to happen for this team to have the success that they've had.
0: Great. So we're going to wrap up by getting your guys' thoughts on what, what do you think will happen this weekend. Um, is it going to be North Dakota wins the first game and loses the second by 25, which seems to be what they do? Or is it going to be uh, uh, a sweep by one or the other? What do you guys think happens this weekend? Go ahead, Garrett uh
2: well well the whole the homer und anti-ndsu sediment says that we're gonna sweep and win by 20 points both games but well no that's not gonna happen but <laughs> honestly i i honestly do see this as a split i do think und will i think they're gonna continue the they'll come out friday i think they'll come out and get that first game it will probably be another close game it's like and I was kind of looking at the game notes from that UND put out, and it's either historically since these two teams have played each other in the D1 level, it's either been a super close game, or it's been a blowout. So I I expect them to win on Friday, and it'll be a close one. I think they do. I think they'll do just enough, and I think they'll get enough secondary scoring, and I think Ribeiro will do have another big game against NDSU. And I think the second game, the Bison will come back. Although I think this week will, I think this will be finally be the first week where UND can kind of, will put together two full games, and I don't think they'll tire out as much. But I think the Bison, as of now, because they're playing a little bit better, I think they'll they'll do enough to get that second game. And you know, through this tough stretch that UND is at, I mean, to, I mean, yeah, it's a split at home and it stinks, but as split at home against the top three team. I mean, you'll you'll still take that.
1: Well, you, you didn't pick the split last week, and so I was I was curious which way you were going to go here.
2: <laughs> I wanted to. I really wanted to, but I, I just couldn't. Like, I couldn't pull the trigger on it.
1: Um, I I think if NDSU continues the way they play, I I do think they'll sweep this weekend. Uh, I just think right now, UND, um, you know, Iheanacho coming back, if he's coming, is he playing this weekend? Is that the plan? That's Dude, uh,
2: yeah, that I think Sather's kind of optimistic. Now, if, if he doesn't go, then I, I think that, I do think NDSU would get both.
1: Yeah, so it'll, I think that'll, I mean, that's a pretty big piece, but Um, I I do think UND will come out motivated. Uh, I think the Allen Eikens thing, I think they're going to take a little breath that that's in the rearview mirror um, from dealing with that this season. So I I do think they'll be competitive. Uh, But I just, if NDSU keeps playing the way they're playing, uh, I don't know that UND has anybody to defend Nelson. Um, I think one of the three guards, I think Greasel and Rocky are going to score And then I I believe one of the nights it'll be Cook or Malik, Harden, Hayes or Edie. uh, And the second night, it's going to be a different one of the three. Uh, And I think I'm guessing they'll both be 10 point games. I don't expect any blowouts, um, but I do think NDSU just has a little too much for UND to defend uh, at this point in the season with kind of where UND's been.
0: Perfect. I and, and I will go quickly with what I think will happen. I th- I think it's a split as well, but I'm about fifty-one forty-nine to that and NDSU uh, sweeping. I I do think game one the the, the Deshaun Allen Iken's being gone will be a short-term motivator and a long-term probably not so great thing. I mean he's very talented, um, so I think. I think North Dakota gets the first one, but um, we'll see what I say tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's just as I have to pick right now. Um, well, gentlemen, I appreciate you joining us for this preview, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.
2: That was great. Thanks for having me on. Yes, thanks for having me on again.